Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thank you for downloading the show. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. From the Matchbook Betting Podcast, Mr. Rory DeLarge. Good evening. And producer D is hidden somewhere in the background. We've had to move her to a different room. I think she's still traumatized from five hours of editing Vanessa Ra's bleeps from last week's show. Uh, We have a lot to talk about from the weekend. Super Saturday was indeed Super Saturday. There's an awful lot to discuss from there. Uh, Not just at Newmarket, York and the Curra. Ask God thrown in as well. That can be sometimes forgotten about. Uh, But also we'll talk a little bit about some of the news that's emerged about Goodwood. But uh, speaking of news emerging, horrific scenes at Killarney on At The Races tonight, Kevin. Um, You and I have just been watching this race back and each time you watch it back, you wince even more. Please God, Anna O'Brien will be all right by the time this podcast is released and the information will be good news about it, but it looked horrific. Very rough fall. Very rough. Um, And look, hopefully by the time the listeners are listening to this, um, the news will be good. Uh, She's just as we're we're watching it right now, uh, the air ambulance is lifting off. Um, so fingers crossed it's it's precautionary and it isn't as bad as it looks because it was a very violent fall and I know in in racing you, you can almost get a bit numb to bad falls because we see especially over jumps and this is obviously on the flat but we see so many falls but you know imagine this was your little sister no you know this is um, God, you just feel for um, her family and everyone knows her and everything else and her herself obviously so look fingers crossed this is the this is a horrible time when you don't know how how bad it is. So um, everything crossed here that um, that all is fine. The horse has lost its life. Um, she's had a, a horrific fall. I mean, I was making the point earlier on to you that every, each and every time a jockey goes out, they're literally risking everything for our entertainment. I know that people who are engaged in horse racing and choose to work in it do so because they have a love of the sport. But... Anna comes from a dynasty. She didn't have to become a jockey if she didn't want to. She could easily just sit on the sidelines. She gave the Pentagon a fantastic ride at the weekend on Saturday to to win. Um, but she wants to be a jockey. She wants to be involved. And the unfortunate side of things is this is the risk when you put yourself out there. Yeah. And just one of those things. And she's got a rotten fall. And look, all we it's can horrific. do... All we can do is hope for the best. Okay, Air Ambulance taking off, uh, as Kevin said, so please God, Anne O'Brien is okay, but that was a shocking, shocking sight at Killarney. But hopefully by the time you're listening to this podcast, all the news is positive. Right, Super Saturday was really quite something, and the star clash was the July Cup. The rematch, first of all, from the Commonwealth Cup of 
Harry Angel and Caravaggio. We had the uh, three to the four from the Diamond Jubilee Stakes rematching again as well. Uh, with last year's winner, Lomato, faring best of them under Harry Bentley, giving him a fine ride. Uh, but Harry Angel turned the, forms around, turned the form around with uh, Caravaggio, who I read your article, Kevin. I think ran flat. Um, I started to feel, I was covering this for TalkSport 2 on Friday and Saturday and I've seen the amount of research that you do before you go on at the races so I tried to mimic as much of it as I could and as bullish as I was I was kind of ignoring your concerns about his ability to handle an undulating surface at Newmarket so I, I was kind of ignoring that but as I watched the Commonwealth Cup back I started to realise just what a tough race he'd had and I would be more inclined to think that he was just flatter than expected on the day and the fact that he's a neck in front of his pacemaker intelligence cross would, would back that up. But your view is something a little bit different. Yeah, I just don't think the race panned for him. I don't think he's a real quick out-and-out six-furlong horse. I think he probably wants a little bit further now. Uh, the Newmarket July course is a quick six-furlongs. And they did they went to a pretty steady pace till halfway. He was left with a bit to do. And he just didn't have the, the speed to get back in the race. I thought he ran perfectly fine. I could see your case for, for him racing flat. But, you know, to be fair, he did have that moment at Ascot as well where he came off the bridle and mm. it didn't look like he was... It certainly wasn't push-button acceleration he showed there. And I, I think he's just done much the same here. And the circumstances at Ascot, i.e. a really strong pace in front of him, brought Harry Angel and Blue Point back to him. Whereas this time there just wasn't enough early pace to soften Harry Angel up and uh, he was just going to be on recall from you know two furlongs with two furlongs to race I thought your point about the ride that Adam Kirby gave being a much more intelligent tactical ride than it was at Royal Ascot like he learned his lesson from the Commonwealth Cup and he did give Harry Angel a cracking ride and to be fair let's give Harry Angel the credit he deserves Vanessa Ryle said on this podcast uh, a couple of was it a month ago that Clive Cox was almost mortified at the fact that the horse had been beaten on seasonal reappearance. Um, they fancied him so much that they've con- long considered him one of the fastest horses they've ever had. He's now broken through at the top level. And to be fair to him, he looks like a horse who will go a long, long way. And if he stays in training as well, he's a super exciting prospect. Oh, he's a proper horse. And to be fair, his last three performances have been top class. Just things didn't go right for him at, at, in the Commonwealth Cup. I think Adam did just get engaged a bit with, with Intelligence Cross and ended up racing very early. And just paid for it late on. Whereas this time, he 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 offered more restraint to Harry Angel. And to be fair to Harry Angel, while he was still good and strong, he he did oblige him in not racing quite as quickly early on. And you know he had intelligence cross to worry about again. But Harry Angel was just that little bit more tractable, and that allowed Adam to set more kind fractions, and that made all the difference. And he's a smashing horse. He's an absolute belter. It's going to be Haydock next for him. There won't be... It doesn't look as though the Nunthorpe is on the agenda for him. No, you know, we were surprised. I'm still surprised they didn't enter him, but mm. they're they're set on the Sprint Cup. The Sprint Cup would, wouldn't would be the strongest of the of the big sprints. And uh, he's going to take the world of beating there. You know, I think he's... Did I see seven to four the other day? I have no idea what he is now, but... Got a tar- and he's, he's probably more adaptable with regards to ground than some of the other top sprinters around. Yeah. So, uh, if, you know... If he turns up in the same sort of form he was in last Saturday, hard to see him beaten. All right. Rory, what was your assessment of the July Cup? Yeah, much the same as Kevin's. And I came to, I didn't read Kevin's article last week, but I came to pretty much the same conclusion when I wrote the race up for the field last weekend. 
Um, Caravaggio's races have all been on similar tracks, tracks that t- the test um, not so much speed as stamina at sprint trips. And um, uh, I've wondered about how new market would suit him. And it turned out... Ah, Excuse me, Matt. Is that Adam Kirby ringing you? It turned out it didn't suit him, I would say. Uh, I'll find out when I look at it after this. Um, He got... The way the race is run clearly suited the winner. The July Cup wasn't a great race, but it wasn't a great race because when you're riding a horse um, who wants to dominate in a race like the July Cup, you want to do it in such a way that maximizes your horse's chance. And that's exactly what Adam Kirby did. So he controlled the race from the start. He made sure that it wasn't an end-to-end gallop. He made sure that a lot of fancied horses were trying to quicken in the dip, which is not ideal. Horses tend to get lost if they're not already at full uh, at full flow in the dip, uh, or they don't handle it at all. And Caravaggio, he's run perfectly well, I thought. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't be making excuses for him other than the track. He's not run so far below form. He's beaten his, his pacemaker and neck because that's how the race panned out. That, that was the nature of the race. Intelligence Cross got an easy lead. He wasn't pressured by Harry Angel to do that because Harry Angel, uh, Adam Kirby, knew that um, taking on Intelligence Cross was pointless. He could afford to ignore him, let Harry Angel run his own race, and then win what he could. And he did it nicely. But this isn't his best performance. And his best performance probably isn't the Commonwealth Cup either. His, his win at Haydock's probably his best performance um, in the Temple Stakes. Mm. Uh, was it the Temple? On his, on his, uh, his penultimate start before Royal Ascot. Yeah, uh, one so where, where, he, where he blitzed the field. Yeah, absolutely. And that shows that clearly the Sprint Cup is going to suit him down to the ground. Mm. Um, it's a pity that you don't get a July Cup that really tests the principles and gives you the true result. Um, and you can look at that race again and think Brando was an unlucky loser. Mm. But, you know, that's that's just the way the dice fell on the day. Does that not uh, say an awful lot about this race, though? I mean, because beforehand... No, it, it says a lot about how the race was run. Yeah, not, but beforehand, I was so, as, as many were, so excited about this race. Brando, Intelligence Cross, Growl. Like, uh, they're Bra- all up Bra- there. Uh, Brando's a good horse. Ah, come on. He's a group one. He's a group the one. The Tin Man, Tassley, Caravaggio, all well beaten. Like, the, the ones that we wanted aren't involved in the finish. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's because they weren't given the race that suited their, their style. The Tin Man's another one who's shown his best form at Ascot, um, coming off a, a strong pace, being able to, to keep a sustained gallop going mm. over this kind of trip. And I like the Tin Man an awful lot. I nap the Tin Man when he, when he won at... Um, I'd ask it, and I was happy to jump ship and nap Harry Angel at the weekend. Uh, I'm not not trying to be clever about that, but you've got to you've got to look at horses for courses. Um, and this was a rather messy race, but a race that you could read in advance. Um, Adam Kirby had a chance to redeem himself from Ascot. In fairness to him, the script was only really fully available to him at the weekend. You know, he wasn't he wasn't to know exactly how tactics would work out in the Commonwealth Cup. Uh, and he learned from that. Mm. So he knew that Intelligence Cross was a potential spoiler, and he knew that he needed to get away from him. It's one thing ignoring the horse yourself, but to get the horse you're riding to ignore that horse means mm. you've got to ride him in a way that that horse doesn't engage. And I thought Kirby did a very, very good job of it. Lamato was conceding six pounds and beating the length and a quarter. He's run well. He has. He's become a bit a bit frustrating. Mm. 
given that we know that he's got absolutely tremendous figures historically. Uh, his speed figures for, uh, well, from five furlongs to seven furlongs are exceptional on his day, but he's racking up a number of defeats now, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe he's just not the horse he was. Not, not <coughs> Maybe quite. the sprint division wasn't that good last season. No, I don't, I don't think it's that at all, because um, Lamato is well suited by Newmarket. He's run his race, but um, I, I don't think he's... Anyone who thinks Lamato's running to exactly the same level as he always was is, well, they're wrong, basically. Is there an issue with Henry Candy's stable, his form? Well, his, in fairness, his form last season was in and out. His, he doesn't have... He's always had two or three very high-class horses and then a sort of a medium-sized team who can run moderately. So you often look at the candy uh, yard and think that mm. the strike rate is, is fairly moderate, but that's just the nature of things. So I wouldn't really look for excuses there. He, he had a bad season last season when Lamato was running really well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, our matchbook colleague Andy Newton was making the point that the Tin Man rarely backs up a good run, and he was right about it on this occasion. He was very weak in the market as well. Yeah, he's not. Whether he's a new market horse is, is open to debate as well, as I said. Um, but he's maybe just that the kind of horse he needs a break between his races to to be seen to best effect. Tasley bombed Kev. He really did. Yeah, really did. Very he, disappointed. When you watch back that Diamond Jubilee, like I wouldn't make any excuses for him, but he travelled into the race so well, and he's come there. And then we have the most disappointing stewards inquiry of all time. <laughs> but <laughs> you need Scobie for those. But. Uh, on the back of that run, you expect him to be at least involved in the finish. He might not win, but he's going to be there. Nah, bombs. Yeah, well, they're just, they're just, the, the two races were just so different. Not just in terms of the course and distance, but more so in terms of the run of the race. And, you know, for a horse to thrive in one set of circumstances, it shouldn't be a shock that they don't thrive in, in contrasting circumstances. You know, you need, you need a real special type of horse to be, to be just as good Yeah, in, in both those scenarios. You know, perhaps he just seemed to race quite freely and and shoot his bolt early on. So Harry Angel is every single bit the star that Clive Cox has, has thought he is for quite some time. He's like now proper horse. Yeah. He's now broken through a Group One level. Possibilities that he'll stay in training next season. I'd be hopeful because, like, Godolphin, To be fair to them, don't whisk all that many off as as three rolls after stud. They have an absolute glut of potential stallions there at the moment. And mm-hmm. um, you know they've gone from. Looking very sparse to 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 be to be to be swimming in stallions. Yeah, John Ferguson bought some good horses, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, such is the nature of this great game that things can turn so quickly. But it might be pretty. Hopefully, he'd stay in training. Um, he'll be a very commercial prospect. He's by Dark Angel, yeah, a sire that um, Sheikh Mohammed has invested in quite heavily, mm. and they'll be delighted to have a son of his now that they can stand under their own banner. Okay, so Haydock next for him. What's next for Caravaggio? Um, Pre-Mars the Geese, by the sound of it. Um, can per- see the logic with that, definitely. That's um, not a white walker in the background, by the way. Poor Rory's under the weather. Uh, there, there you go. Bingo, final furlong, bingo players. First Game of Thrones reference. We can't even <laughs> talk about Game of Thrones because Kevin hasn't watched it yet, which to me is disgusting. I haven't recorded. <laughs> I'm absolutely disgusted with you. Anyway, go on. Um... Primorese de Geese next for Caravaggio. Yeah, looks likely. And I can see it. I'd love to see him try to the mile. Because look, he, his stallion career is very much secured. No matter if he never runs another yard in his life, he's going to be a highly commercial prospect when he retires. I think they'd have much more to gain for, for going a mile. Even if it doesn't work out, for trying a mile 
Bridges Cup mile maybe I'd love to see him in that race oh that'd be fun Mm. because he'd get his ground uh, you'd think at Del Mar yeah even like I don't think he minds it at least in the ground I don't think he needs it rattling fast you know I'd nearly bring him to France for the 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 race at Deauville what's it called I have it in my article the seven furlong race no the the mile race it's the Marseille the Marois the Pre-Jacques Marois um, I think that's what the one I was talking about. I'll double check myself anyway. No, that's that's the one, the Project Lamar one. Because um, I just love to see him over a mile. Mm. I think a flat mile or a turning mile in the case of the Breeders' Cup, a fast run race. Because like, he settled, like they, they went very steady in the July Cup and he settled very well. You know, that would give me great encouragement that he'd have a chance of staying the mile. Um, yeah, the Jack Lamar one. Um, I just I'd be really interested by that, and if it worked out, and if he won one of those races, you can add another few quid onto onto his already lofty stud fee. Because mm. I think he'll he'll really have he'll really have shown something, you know, shown he'll really have um, improved his prospects, the class and versatility. Yeah, you know, if he wins the Jack de Marois, grand. You know, he's won another Group One, six and a half furlongs. Historically, not the strongest race. The bookmakers who have priced him up have made him a short price for that, seven to four, I think. Yeah, and much the same with it with the with the Pre Lafare. You know, seven yeah. furlongs. Um, it'll be another Group One, but round the bend. It, it, round the bend, yeah, this year. And look, it's it's just not historically. It's not one of the Group Ones we all go to bed dreaming about, is it? No. You it was know. great for Paco Boy, but it's not the kind of race that we we dream about. Well, it's just it's race. just that it's it's an unfashionable distance. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's there's no there's no Group right. One of that distance in the UK. I mean, it's no, it's no. Jersey Stakes, and that's it basically for the Group yeah, Two the horses. The Lennox is the Lennox a Group Two or Group Three? It is yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. I'd love to see him. Give Although it a I think go. there was a Group One winner of the Jersey this year in Libervito, oh, which yeah, we can yeah. talk about more, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd make the argument we should have a group one over seven in yeah. Ireland or England. I think there's yeah. a, there's a place for it. Yeah. Um, Ironically, the jersey with the Commonwealth Cup coming in recently should have should be weaker than it has been. But the last two renewals have been won by um, Ribchester and Libervito, absolutely top class horses. Yeah. yeah. Good chat. Very Whereas good chat. Mostly, you go through, you go through the record of of, of um, jersey winners, and you're often scratching your head as to who the hell they were. Yeah. yeah. Later. Like they're talking about the Everest still, like you know. If this is the thing. This is still on the agenda, apparently, or at least it's still being floated. Yeah, well, look, it'll be a shot to nothing when you get there because it's in Australia. It's at the end of the season. If it didn't work out, the end of a long season didn't work out. You know, there's there's nothing yeah. to lose by going there, and it's it's you know whatever the prize money is, 115 billion. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what it is. 115 something billion. like that, close enough. Uh, it's Donald Trump money. But like he'll be taking on the pick of the Aussie sprinters over six. Oh, flat track, yeah. I, I don't know. If it's amazing how all this has changed, hasn't it? Like from the Commonwealth Cup, where he looked an absolute superstar, to some, including you, saying he's lost little in defeat in the July Cup, but now all of a sudden it's like, uh, why would you bother going to Australia? Well, no, it's not that. It's just like if, if it was over seven in Australia or a mile, it becomes more interesting to me. And to be fair, like after the Commonwealth Cup, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain I would have said on here that. You know, he looked like he was ready for further. You did say that. You know, yeah. he did briefly did look in, in in big trouble. I thought he was beat for sure. Um, you know, I just think that's that's him. There's no shame in it. Like he's won a top group one over six. He's won, well, he's won a couple if you include a two. The Phoenix Stakes. He, he just, wants a, just wants a bit further now. Yeah. He just wants a bit further. And so, there's no shame in that. Yeah. So, well, what do you think of the of the the argument that he's just an Ascot horse and that Ascot the Scat Daddy Theory. 
Well, the scat daddy theory, essentially. You, you, wanna, you could take it very literally and say he's by scat daddy or scat daddy's only really good at Ascot. Um, or, you, or you look at it slightly separately and say, does Ascot just really play to his strengths? It's a track where you've got to have speed, but you've got to sustain that speed tremendously well. And horses with cheap speed tend to be there to be picked up late in the day. Uh, and horses like him with, with a blend of speed and stamina are ideally suited by it because they're guaranteed to go fast and they're guaranteed to be pickable up at the end. Yeah, I'd be wary of buying into you know the the, the scat daddy ascot thing. It's a lot of nonsense. Um, it, it would appeal to me as being nonsense. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, but at the same time, that's why I, that's why I want to take it slightly separately from the scat daddy thing. But there's there are definitely there's ascot is definitely a track. Royal ascot, particularly with with a with a, a large number of high class races on the straight course that suits us a particular kind of horse, a horse who's able to get a half decent half decent position without necessarily having to dominate but then who can sustain speed through the uphill section of the race at the end, which a lot of horses can't do. Um, and a lot of other tracks aren't set up for horses like that. Mm. Well, the the way the Commonwealth Cup was run, though, the fact that he reared in the stalls and so he missed that serious fraction. Like, wasn't the final furlong, yeah. did Simon Rowland say that the final furlong was one of the slowest? Slow. Yeah. So that really did, the fact that he was out the back really played to his strengths that day. Yeah, it, it ended up being a blessing in the end, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if, you been, be, if you want to be really cruel, you can say, hold on a second, we're praising the wrong horse here. Mm. We're praising the horse who got lucky at Ascot mm. rather than the horse who was the best horse at Ascot and proved it a new market. Mm. I, could, I could see that. Mr. Buckley, Coolmore representative, comes to you, Kevin Blakey, says, right, what do we do, Australia or Delmar? Oh, Breeders' Cup. All right. Breeders' Cup. We'll see what they do. Uh, you were on duty with Mr. Gary O'Brien at the Curra. There they um, got blown away. Good. G- the last time I was working there, they, they, when you got lashed out of it, when RT are working there at the same time as us, RT get the get the get the nice spot down below by parade. Fucking ring. Robert Holland, <laughs> fucking Ted Wallace, <laughs> and we get getting all the good stuff. No, but the, the the annoying thing is that the spot we get put in is a magic spot. It's in between the parade ring and and the race course. You can look to your left. You see you're standing over the horses walking around the parade ring. You look to your right. You can see the horses going down to the start. It's a beautiful spot. But it's really exposed. <laughs> and on 1,000 guineas day, we got washed away. Yeah. We got washed away. And the other day, the wind, we, we, we're the only people that complained about it because we were up on a big height. And I, I literally came over with a wind burn on my face. <laughs> we had this gale force wind in our face. I thought you were tanned. It's a wind burn? Oh, here. It was really, it was not nice. Look, look, uh, look, hey, first world problem. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but oh, Jesus. Yeah, not ideal. So you and the other 50 people were at the Curra then, were you all blown away? There was a, there was a decent crowd there. The, as always on Oaks Day, the ladies come out in their finery. And uh, anyone, that, and this is, the, this is the thing about the Curra, anyone that actually went racing would have had a lovely, comfortable day. And all the people who stayed at home curmudgeoning about it, you know, <laughs> so be it. Like, it's... it's, it's it. <laughs> Look, we, we, wait, we're, wait. we're not going to have we're now not joining gonna, us is Tony Keenan <laughs> we're not going to have it all over it again but my, my overall yeah. point is anyone that goes racing would have I would argue a better time at the current car than they would have at the old one that was liable to fall down on top of them at any time <laughs> and it was in a horrible state let, you know let, they're big marquees but they're they're very high end marquees we, and they're quite we nice we did say though or I should say you said uh, a few weeks back um, I'm not so sure Emmett they might switch Maybe maybe the pressure's on now and they will move from the curve. They're not moving from the curve. It's going to stay there, isn't it? Oh, most certainly. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I'm not upset. So, um, 
superstar performance from Enable. Oh, what a mare. What a failure, I should say. Eased down by Frankie DeTore, who is still in pain and has to ease up now a little I bit. I just before. can't have that. How can you do that, Frankie? How can you do that? How can you be so selfish? I just don't get that. You're not physically right. Don't ride the horse. How can you do that to your owner, be- to your trainer, to you yourself? You have to sit back. and and Because, first of all, you could have ridden the Nable and won the Irish Oaks, it's given a, the state I of opposition she may, was facing. May, maybe I'm being harsh, but for me, that's a selfish decision. No, I, I agree with it's you. If I, owned, if, if I owned a horse and a jockey came to me and said, uh, I, I'm going to take these anti-inflammatories, I'm not the best. I'm like, really? Because I take them. And I feel very, very laboured when I do, so you're off. That horse, let's just say, in, in hypothetical land, uh, that this came down to a tight finish and Frankie couldn't ride her to, to anything like his potential because of his shoulder. You know, I, I just can't have yeah. it. I, I, to be fair, I, I think I said in the pod last week, like, I'd be very, I'm not really comfortable with this. Like, the fellas, the fellas either ride her or he isn't, like. Yeah. You'd love to see him come back and ride for a week before you take a, a, a highly important mount like that. Well, he's going to have a lot of highly important mounts at Goodwood, you'd imagine, but he's also going to go there on the back of a break. He's now, maybe, gonna, maybe that will freshen off. him up. But he needs time off to, to get right. So anyway, Just bananas. Um, it was a steering job. I mean, he was in the sh- he was in the Moet tent, blowing kisses to the crowd, having the crack as Rain Goddess was finishing second. Yeah, not not a good Irish show. So we won't pretend that it is. But what she did in terms of her performance, like and the you know in 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 situations like this where the opposition doesn't look great, you know, the clock can be a great aid. Mm. And uh, she was rapid over the final three furlongs. And uh, yeah, she she's gonna win the arc. I think she's gonna win the arc. It was, it was that was my immediate post race oh, thought. Hold on, I suspected that. Hold on, I suspected it after Epsom, and this just only confirmed that she's gonna. What's gonna oh. give her ten pounds? I I love my Highland reel, but he's not giving her ten pounds. All things being equal, she's rated what one twenty. I don't give a shite what she, <laughs> what she's rated. She's a machine, Kennedy, and you can't be giving machines ten pounds. You can't. <laughs> You can't. Uh, I just keep thinking of Tegruda getting duffed in the Yorkshire Oaks. Yes. To be fair, Found got beaten in that race as well before winning the Ark. Um, and that's where she's going to go next. She's going to go for the Yorkshire Oaks next, where she'll have another she'll long odds on victory. Win it with her mouth open. Unless she falls into the Found and Tegruda trap and gets duffed with an unfit Frankie <laughs> for, for one, one arm of the <laughs> And you've unbeatable horse been beaten at York. Yeah, like like found got turned over there, um, which was a bit of a shock on the day. Now she got beaten by a good horse, to be fair. Yeah, let's let's go back forty odd years and ourselves a brigadier. The brigadier. There you go. Greatest horse of all time. There you go. Uh, Which we're reminded we're reminded about every single year. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a letter to the Racing Post saying this year's Derby winner is rubbish. Take it back to the old days. <laughs> they don't uh, make him like they used to. You, Frankel well, retired six well, years ago. Was he his groom, I think it was? Was that it? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's very loyal. We'll give him that. Um, very loyal. You genuinely think she could win the arc? I, I, I fancy her. Wow, okay. Why wouldn't you? What's so much that to like? Without, without it sounding like Kevin's gone bonkers, I'd have a nearly favourite for it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. If she, if, so, so are you saying then if she turned up against Highland Reel in the King George in two weeks' time, which she won't because she has, a, she has a couple of superficial, <laughs> but if she did, you'd be saying, yep. Oh, yeah, I'd fancy her. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that beats her is her schedule. Mm. Yeah. You know, she was, she was three, 10 to 1. Top class three-year-old fillies in the arc are very hard to beat if they arrive at, at the top of their game. And the issue you've always had 
with top class fillies, especially um, Irish or British trained um, three year old fillies, is they go for all the big UK and Irish races mm-hmm. through the midsummer. And then they can't be at their very best in October. Sarkava, Daydream, Found, Trev. They're the last yeah. Phillies to New York. Oh, there's more than that. Too. There's, there's one in the last in the last like few years. Yeah. There's a useless one as well, wasn't there? Sir? Or am I getting mixed up? Because I just read Tony Keenan's article about the ten worst Group One winners of all time, which is priceless. It's very good. On yeah. ggs.co.uk. Although once you, once you start including, um, I haven't read the whole thing. Once you start deciding you're going to include German ones and stuff in there, <laughs> well, I completely forgot about. Game. I totally forgot about Pedro the Great. Yeah. All right. Come on. Name the the, the useless arc winner, Philly, in recent years. Useless arc. Winner. It was only it was only five years ago. <coughs> You'll struggle. Oh, was this the um? This is the filly who who won when the Japanese horse gave it away. Yes, Salima, Salima. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I did. I would well, she that. represented some of the most successful, um, you know, the the colours that have been very very successful. Yeah, in the art illustrious the connections. But like, wasn't there that great video of the Japanese oh, fans? Oh, Barbara! Oh, Barbara! <laughs> the poor Japanese. Oh, the poor lads. <laughs> Who have almost certainly had a deep last, impact style bet on her. Uh, uh, on him, I should say. Longchamp are bad enough <laughs> normally because the race always seems to be over and then the camera switches and you've got 100 yards to go. And there's but some yoke coming worse. flying down the outside. When you're, try- when you're trying to throw the race away as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd, lo- uh, I'd love to see the Japanese win that race. Yeah, it'd be fantastic because they've got so- and they're bringing over a pretty good one I think this year, aren't they? Um, Alright, so, so we have had some pretty decent fillies and mares win this race in, in recent years. High class ones, an average one and some high class ones. You think that Enable should be favoured and actually the more I think about it, Almanzor, who knows what's going on there. Highland Reels probably going to be Aiden O'Brien's number one. Minding, Minding would have been something else clashing Ugh. with Enable but unfortunately that's not going to happen and she's off to stud. Um, yeah. Is it lack of a credible alternative is what pushes you in that no, direction. she's a machine. <laughs> okay. She she looks she looks a fair bit above average for a, for an Oaks winner, doesn't she? Slash dual Oaks winner. All right, proper horse. Um, Rory, yeah. map out the rest of her campaign. So Yorkshire Oaks, and then. Well, the question is, yeah, if you go Yorkshire Oaks, you could you could go to um, to France for one of the trials, or you could just bring her back for the arc itself. Mm. And that's the tricky thing. The tricky thing is is having this. Um, campaign that has you in action in the middle of July um, and potentially the middle of August as well to peak in the first weekend in October. That that's for a big problem because if you if you started off thinking this is an arc filly and I want to win the arc, you'd give her a slightly less strenuous campaign, wouldn't you? Um, I can't think of a filly who's gone Oaks, Irish Oaks, and arc historically. I, I can't think of one offhand. There may well be one there, but most of those would have gone King George after that as well. Mm. Yeah, that would be the traditional path for a filly who was good enough to to beat up her own sex. That the King George is the is the ideal target, but that's fallen out of favour these days because you can't go King George and be ready for the arc. Yeah, if I if I'm Johnny G, uh, I would, I'm sorry. Her, who? I give her a little break now. Who? Yeah, so would I. Who? Johnny G Epsom have just called and you're not invited <laughs> yeah I, I, I back off her now and give her one run before the arc in whatever I don't care some arc trial 
you'd go for an Archal as opposed to Yorkshire Oaks. I ran it. Cry. She'd win the Irish Champion Stakes. Ooh, no, she probably. She <laughs> might. She might not. Well, actually, one of her arc she, rivals, Bramato, is gonna. Yeah, she run might. There. She might not win the. To be fair to her, she. I think she's. Uh, she's, a, she's a proper mile and a half, really. Yeah. I don't. She's a stare in my mind. She could. Maybe. Maybe she could drop the ten, but I wouldn't be bullish about it. I think. Because what I thought straight after the race was, I'd love to see her in the same ledger. Mm. I don't think you were alone there. Mm. But she. She's. She's. Like she, she ran, she was running eleven second furlongs there at the end of the Oaks. You know she's not slow either. Didn't by the way, in terms of her pedigree, because it's the flat, and so we're talking about pedigree a lot. We got a great question from Richie. How inbred is Enable? Very. She, yeah, she's as inbred as you would ever dare. Northern dancer on both sides. No, it's the, it's the the, it's the Sadler's Wells. Well, basically, the way you work this right is if you imagine a horse's pedigree, and. Its mother and its father is one. Its grandparents are two, and its great grandparents are three. The closest you would ever ever go is three by two, as in having matching ancestors. Yeah, three by two. Most people now wouldn't dream of going closer than than three by three, but three by two is that that's almost danger zone, and that's what enable is. She's three by two. <laughs> She, she's three by two sad to Sadler as well and didn't come out with three eyes instead she came out with tremendous ability yeah you, you'd find examples like of, of three by two in, in good horses but it's it, it's just not attempted because it, it's considered dangerously close why would they have done it with her? just because it works just because it works well it, it's just obviously suited oh you clearly has produced an absolute superstar yeah you, you'd see plenty of three by threes now but three by two is close it's a great question um, yeah, it is. It's 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 an unusual thing, but yeah. Um, I did somebody reply. Would it have been more in vogue fifty odd years ago, or not? Has it has it become more of an issue recently in your view, Kevin? Oh, I couldn't say. I, I wouldn't be familiar enough with with old know, breeding we're, practices. We're sticking and relying is on it, it, Isn't this where you're supposed to come in? Well, that, well, that's it, as Rory. As in, no, no, I'm talking about Rory's the historian. No, no, I'm not, I'm not an expert in breeding particularly. Um, but you know, if you become more and more reliant on certain um bloodlines, yeah, it's harder you know, to avoid. You're, you're, you're always looking at Northern Dancer, aren't you? Well, not always, but um, more and more frequently. In, uh, in the last 30 and 40 years, Northern Dancer has been hugely important in bloodlines. And you'll see Northern Dancer in both Dam and, and Sire's pedigrees. But the question is, does that make it more likely that you'd have two by three inbreeding? Or have there been periods of time where it's been fashionable? Yeah, well, there's like there's there's various. You can find logical about it. Yeah, no, there's very there's various theories. There's one called um, I think it's called the Rasmussen theory, and yeah. that basically aims to to inbreed to like dominant female in female the dominant broodmares basically. Mm-hmm. So if you yes. get like a real tip top broodmare both high up and close up on both sides of the pedigree, that's considered desirable. Oh, I, yeah. Um, I. I don't would necessarily buy into that type of thing myself. Sure. I'll find you an example here, a famous or one. Having, having slightly dangerous and fall aspen in the same pedigree. No, it's in the same, the same female. And, oh, the same and, female on both sides. Yeah, okay. and the one I, I found the example of was on the tip of my tongue. Dane Hill is the, is the probably the greatest example of the the Rasmussen theory because he Natalma, who's the dam of Northern Dancer, most famously. Uh, yeah. He is inbred on one, two, three by three to Natalma. Oh, okay. Because Natalma was the was the dam of Northern Dancer, who's the who was the sire of Danzig, mm-hmm. who's who's um Dane Hill's sire. Yeah. And then on the other side of the pedigree, um his great grandmother 
was Natalma on the other side through Spring of Jew, a daughter of Natalma. I know we're probably confusing everyone here, but basically, <laughs> if, you, if you look at if you look at Dane Hill's pedigree, Natalma is there in the third generation on either side of the pedigree, which is very unusual. But I think maybe it was Dane Hill coming about that made this theory popular, but people tried to replicate it. Was it 1990 or 1989 that they acquired Dane Hill? Because he raced in Khaled Abdullah Silks, but then ended up shuttling between Jodmont's Farm in Australia, but also Coolmore. No, it was, it was 1989 and he was shuttling from Coolmore down to Arrowfield in Australia. Yeah. And um, yeah, obviously it turned out to be, to be what he was. But they ended up having him completely. So yeah, did, did they buy him out? They bought, they bought out Arrowfield after, after a little while, I think. From... No, Arafield is nothing to do with Cattle Abdullah. Okay. No, uh, Arafield's John Massara. Yeah. I think there's a great story, but I can't confirm it and I don't really want to. But in Vincent O'Brien's autobiography, which I highly recommend you um, you get, it's written by, co-written by Vincent O'Brien's wife. There's some fantastic stories in that, but I remember hearing a story, and I cannot remember if it's in that book or not, about how they came to acquire Dane Hill. I'm going to go chase it up myself when I get home. <laughs> and I think it might have been something... I know that they got him for four million, but I have a feeling that was something to do with the blind bid. I think, and I could be completely wrong about that, but if if you know on Twitter, at Radio Emmett, at Kevin Blake 2011, at Final Pod, uh, let us know. But there, there is, I know, a legendary story about how they came to acquire him, and he, along with Sadler's Balls, obviously really formed the dynasty there for them. Oh yeah, hugely important sire and, and left us a little bit soon too Oh, way too soon Yeah, really A real freak accident Shocking um, Fatal injury Yeah, yeah. really you know, Just when he he was really rolling at the time Yeah There you go, that's horses um, I don't remember I, I never saw him in person, Dane Hill But Dane Hill Dancer, I remember the time I was in Coolmore Required five handlers before they were shuttling him off to Australia, and they had to house him alone. I think he's a hardy boy. He yeah. was rough. <laughs> he's a hardy boy. Oh, <laughs> if you got to house a stallion alone from everything else, that says an awful lot about him. But he was top class as well. Right, that's the um, conversation brought about by Richie Lawler on Twitter about the uh, inbreeding of enable which is obviously incest everywhere uh, re- it's like Game of Thrones uh, which is re- Cersei Jamie, uh, which has really worked out <laughs> not quite that bad <laughs> full brothers and sisters going yeah. out of yeah and en- 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 enable <laughs> enable is not going with, around coming out with six legs enable is not blowing up the crypt or anything like that just to, <laughs> just to blow up a religion that doesn't suit her that's fine um, spoilers for season 6 of Game of Thrones uh, for people who don't watch Game of um, Thrones you have no idea what we're talking about start cop onto yourselves and start watching it to quote Kevin Blake <laughs> you think she's an arc filly uh, oh, yeah. and you think she's probably the best middle distance horse around now I think so Highland real with does all, her with all that weight um, do you know what I'd love to see she was 10 to 1 immediately after Saturday you know? Ooh. I'm pretty sure I saw someone say I wasn't right. in a position to avail but... alright I'll be taking her on you know what I'd love to see enable over 10 furlongs against winter not going to happen. Of course it's not going to happen, but I just that'd be a cracking race because they are, on the basis of what Roly-Poly did the weekend, admittedly a weak group one. That's an example of a top-class mare. Oh, I just, oh, I just hope she stays. I'm, I'm, I will not be bullish about her, but I'd love... To be fair to her, she, she is probably relaxing a bit better as she gains an experience, winter this is, <laughs> um, to give herself every chance. But uh, yeah... If she were mine, she wouldn't be going to yard past the mile. She's not going to have an easy task and good with it either. 
No. They're lining up to take her on. Yeah, because there's blood in the water, as, yeah. as a, a famous man once said. Line it up, D. We haven't played it for a long time. <laughs> there will be blood <laughs> in the water, and the sharks will come. D. Ivan's the back. Ball. Ivan is back. <laughs> oh, it's been too long since we heard from Ivan Venko. Um, that's going to be a cracking race. Uh, we can talk more about that a little bit later on. But her stable companion, Roly Poly, steps out of Winter's Shadow to win a Group 1. Um, she won the Duchess of Cambridge at this meeting last year. And to be fair, first of all, great ride from Ryan Moore. Uh, and secondly, she was just much the best horse in the race on the day. Yeah, it wasn't the best Group 1, as you said yourself. But uh, like this is a feeling now that I would have had a kind of a red circle around this spring. saying yeah, she's probably not going to train on all that well. Because she's not over. Because she's one of these war fronts, is it? No, it's just she's she's not over big, uh, and she had plenty of racing last season. And look, it's just another mark to to Aiden O'Brien that he can get get her to seemingly improve as a tree. Never mind just train on, but to improve mm. um, is a fair go. And look to win a Group One at three, albeit not the best one in the world. It doesn't really matter. It's job done. And uh, funny you mentioned Warfront. He's had quite a few Hasn't good, he? Good, good class winning three rows. Wasn't of Spirit of Valor very good at the weekend yeah, as well? Because, uh, where are you all now, lads? Yeah. Um, Declaration of War wasn't a fluke by the looks of things. Yeah, but there you go. Uh, give him a chance, lads. He's got better mares to to, to back him up now. And uh, of course. Roly Poly's out of Misty for me. What a nice filly she was. Ah, oh, cracker. Galileo filly. Cracker. Didn't didn't train. Um, what am I what am I saying? Um, I can't imagine she'll go anywhere beyond a mile. Uh, I think she might at the Breeders' Cup. She might go for that fillies and mares race. Isn't that a mile one? Her, her only option, really, isn't it? Mile two. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Her job's done. Yeah. Her job is done. Group one winner. Bang bang. Wahida went ran a fine race in second place. Rory. Yeah, yeah, it was a decent performance. Um, but again, the, the issue you have with the race is that it wasn't a um, it wasn't a tremendous one for the uh, for the grade. But Wahida deserves credit because she was trying to win the race in her seasonal reappearance, and yeah. I can't think of another horse who's done that successfully um, in the uh, the Falmouth Stakes, uh, certainly in the last forty years, and I suspect ever, um, because most fillies, it was once a three year olds only race, so. Most fillies who would have been going for the Falmouth would have been Guineas fillies, and very few who who couldn't get to the Guineas would have been good enough to be um, uh, good enough to win this. Although there've been a few shock results over the years, but Wahida shaped really well. She just flattened out very late in the day, as if the run was was needed. Um, however, fit you get them at home, they're never going to be a hundred percent sharp enough for a, for a, a Group One, really. So lots of credit to her and Stable Companion. <clears throat> well, the other good often on Arabian Hope ran well. Um, in trying to give Josie Gordon a, a Group One win, but it's not a race that um, that deserves a hell of a lot of discussion, really. No, it's just more, more of an example of how good winter is. She's just yes. sitting back yeah, in her stable, back at Ballydoyle, yeah. thinking to herself, "Happy days, lads! Look how good I am." Um, there's another. Although, if you'd known how good Roly Poly was on this day to play devil's advocate, would you have ridden her differently at Royal Ascot? Ooh. Well, she was sacrificed, wasn't she, at Royal Ascot she was against the French mare? <coughs> like wasn't yeah. that and like she as Tony Keenan said last week ran an extraordinary race there she should have fallen out of the back of the telly and she ran on again yeah yeah no it was a fantastic a fantastic performance from her speaking of Aidan O'Brien trained fillies we can talk about Gustav Klimt in a little bit because I was on TalkSport 2 on Saturday and my jaw hit the floor with the performance he put up but I was really I was covering this race for um, Ray Stubbs and Mark Webster I was so impressed with Clemmy 
So she's a Galileo winning over six furlongs as a juvenile. Name the only other horse to do that. Kevin Blake. Oh, wow. Five, four. Kushkaira? Yeah! Come on, you boy! Go on, the Blakester! Go on, the Blakester! Um, there would be maiden winners over six, would there? Maybe no stakes winners. Uh, not group ones, though. Kushkaira did it, but but not uh, not many of them. But this, group group this, twos? Uh, 16 group 2 horses who might have been placed but I don't think there's a I'm not sure there was a winner I'm not entirely certain Kushkar won the Queen Mary maybe or was it the Albany Queen, Albany there are a lot more being bred along the lines of Galileo and Speed these days the one yeah there. yeah yeah. there are but she deserves a huge amount of credit and Michael Tabor's comments to Nick Look afterwards were very very bullish um, that she's going to take after the brother Possibly could be better. That's asking an awful lot. Um, she looked good here. She looked really, really good here. And Ryan Moore's comments were, I think this is the best juvenile we've seen so far. So if you were taking the 4-1 to one September, all of a sudden you're going, oh no, oh no. If you're taking the 4-1 to one December, clo- close your account. <laughs> well, I don't know about December, but September certainly. <laughs> you need- Did I say December? <laughs> uh, no, you'd need your head examined if you're taking 4-1 to one about her. I thought Clemmy looked really, really good here and the future must be bright for this filly. Yeah, like you say, when she's doing it over six, it's very encouraging and she beat a good filly in Nialetti. Maybe Nialetti wasn't in quite the same form. <laughs> I don't think Nyaletti enjoyed the drop back to six with the more restrained ride. Mm. I don't think that. I don't know. I don't know why they combined the two. Mm, do one or the change, other. Change one or the other. Don't change both. Yeah, I, I don't think we saw the best of her on account of that. You know, you've remember Noah, a filly that I like, but her limitations have perhaps been exposed of late. She's quite close up in third, but none of this takes anything away from Clemmy. She was well covered up, and she picked <coughs> up very well when she was when she got out. And uh, yeah, strong in the final furlong. Lovely filly. You'd imagine she will go possibly debutante, my glare. Where my she, glare. Where she may meet. Um, September. Yeah. You'd love to see that clash. Yeah, let him, let him. And to be fair to, to the lads, as we call them, they have let these fillies take each other on at two. Bally Dolan minding. In, the la- in recent seasons, all last season, you know. Mm. The hydrangea. And a few others. <laughs> yeah, but like Bally Doyle at the time was being considered because like you're not going to name a horse Bally Doyle unless she's a superstar, obviously. Uh oh. She was a good horse, by the way. Um <coughs> But she was being sent off over for the Mogler and minding there came along with this beautiful sweeping run to go and win and obviously turn out to be a superstar. The interesting thing is as well that these Phillies we've seen so many of Aidan O'Brien's juveniles improve for the first run, but the Phillies particularly do. Like they improve they just pro- with their they runs. Just progress. It's whatever I, I I'd love to sit down in them gallops all day and just watch and just see what he does because by the way he gets the horses to continue improving and continue defying what you what you expect them to be able to do is uh, quite something. It is and ridiculous. While we met, we've mentioned her twice now. We have a little chat about poor Minding. Oh yeah, well we'll, we'll save that yeah. to, towards the end of the show. But we'll definitely yeah, talk about that. Um, so the what future. What do we make of the Ascot run with Clemmy? I'm not inclined to judge her too harshly on it. I think. She, She's taken a good chunk. She wasn't well drawn, but she was drawn next to Alpha Centauri. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to put it down to rawness. Doesn't the fact that Ryan yeah. Moore rode her over the very highly regarded Fairyland tell you all you need to know that she just didn't perform for whatever reason that day? But Ryan was on her. It's just raw, I'd say. You know, yeah, I, I think it I, takes I, a I real good. With, that was the excuse. Yeah, yeah, I think it takes a real good two-year-old of Aidens to 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 win at Ascot just because they're not they're not fired up like some of their rivals are. Yeah, well, particularly the Phillies. 
Yes. The Colts might be the, the, the Colts will be harder trained, but the Phillies just need a little bit of time to progress by the looks of things. And Minding is an example of that. She was beaten in two of her first three starts. So future's bright for her. Um, and she could be taking on September, which would be very exciting. Speaking of exciting, now favourite for the Guineas, Gustav Klimt. So we were covering this on Talksport 2. And first of all, he gets mullered, loses all that momentum. Then he goes for a gap, it's not there, goes for a gap, it's not there, goes for a gap, it's not there, goes all the way round to the far rail and somehow manages to get up. I was really, really taken with this performance. Yeah, poor ride. Uh, horse got him out of trouble. Mm. Oh, yeah. <coughs> oh, f- 100%. This is a class act. Would be the sort of the long and the short of that one. Uh, and for me, like for me, he's a, he's a middle distance horse. Uh, so, so quotes of 7 to 1 for the Guineas appeal little to you? Not especially. Look, maybe, like, I'll tell you what I, what I wrote down. He, he won his maiden. He was quite impressive. Um, and I'll just, I'll read you out my, my, my note here that I made. Um, away fine from Widerstall, no cover, ridden halfway in brackets, sleepy question mark because he shouldn't be as slow as he looked. I and I just got the impression that maybe he's just a sleepy type of horse. Mm. And he because and the reason I thought of it was he came off the bridle, but then all of a sudden you can almost see the the, the cogs turning in his head going oh and whoof, and all of a sudden he's in front two, with two furlongs to run. Uh, and I was hoping that he might travel a little bit better than he did. The other day, but again, he was off the bridle fully three out, and you know he obviously had to go over every inch of new market to get a bit of open air, and he's done very well to pick up. I could see him, you know, he's you never know with the Galileos, you know, you can't you can't pigeonhole him and say oh he'll definitely need ten, you know, because we know obviously they can they can be top class at a mile, um, but I would be inclined to think he might be more of a ten furlong horse than a miler, and maybe a mile and a half horse. Cause he seems to have that right type of temperament, you know to. To relax, maybe be maybe be a bit lazy um, to allow himself to to get those longer trips. So the question that will be on a few people's minds, as you say, that is, well, Aidan O'Brien has just said that they they're going to go for the futurity stakes, and that they have considered him a Jewhurst national type, national stakes type. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would knock it. But the difference is, of course, that you can be that horse as a juvenile, but then when you progress at three, all of a sudden you need those extra two furlongs. Yeah, look, it's it's. It's just his 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 what do we call it his his racing demeanor at the moment mm. is just making me lean that way. And look, these things can change. Yeah. Next time th- this experience might spark him up, he'll learn more, and maybe next time he'll be a bit harder on the bridle, and will travel better and quicken better. Um, but we have to wait and see. Right now, he's just doing it a little bit lazily for me, and that might see him to best effect over a bit of a longer trip. Over at the curve where you were, and you just got news that apparently. We're hoping it's good news, but I know Brian. Or that news is more positive. Again, we are recording this, so you probably, you almost certainly know more than we do uh, as you're listening to this. Yeah, well, I, th- I think Ruby was on ATR, and he just mentioned that the that the vibe, that the word around the track was that was was more positive as she was leaving in the air ambulance than perhaps it was initially. Um, so that's good news. Yeah, fantastic news. Um, so look. Fingers remain crossed. Oh, I was just frightening, uh, absolutely frightening. But she gave the Pentagon a cracker um, the, the because she had Pentagon's to. A machine. She had to maneuver from stall twelve. Did so quite well, and then she ends up winning by eight and a half lengths on the Son of Galileo. Yeah, quite well back too. Quite well back. The parents, you know, I know we can, we can never read too deeply into jockey bookings on Ballydoyle horses and maidens. To be fair, um, and well, we're just guessing essentially. And to be like, on if you watch his debut back. 
there wasn't a load of promise. Mm. He's beaten 20 lengths, but mm. one thing you would see is that he's a really good mover and the ground was very soft that day and there was a chance, it was a certainty that he was going to be better suited by the ground uh, the last day, but, you know, you're obviously going into hyper-guessing mode to think how much he's going to improve for it, but evidently the market support that came from showed that the people that, that know what he can do at home suspected he was going to improve an awful lot and that was viciously impressive yeah I thought it like like for me that that was a guineas performance now I thought that was like he, he just the way he just stretched on from three furlongs out he was in charge in a matter of strides beautiful mover long stride fluid mover um, and for, and you look at his pedigree and it's like we, 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 Rory mentions that you know it's gone so popular to be to send Galileo to to sharp mares. This is a, a mile and a half pedigree, yeah, all over. You know, a very a half brother to Vadimar. You know, it's 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 um, an Aga Khan family that that has ended up in Baronstown. Um, mother mother won um, won a Group One. You know, twelve furlong horse. You know, the, the sky's really the limit for this lad now. And the horse he beat, Medal of Honor, is, is a good, solid colt. Yeah. And he stomped all over him. Smashed him. Eight and a half lengths. Absolutely smashed him. Um, yeah, this, for me, like, this this was more impressive for me than Gustav Klimt. I was just going to ask you, of the two, which one impressed you more? more? Probably the most impressive two-year-old I've seen this year. Wow. Okay. So I, I thought he was shocking impressive, as a great man once said. That's going to have to go. Can someone make a meme or a t-shirt? By the way... Um, one of our uh, regular listeners, Glenn, has sent us a fantastic poster, which I did not bring with us today. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I was um, I was in physio earlier on, so I didn't have time. But it is tremendous, to quote Desi Skyle. It is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And I will bring it in next week and we'll get a photograph with yourself, D, and myself with it. It is just superb. Yeah, listeners, Glenn is a legend. Be more like Glenn. Yeah, there you go. Be more like Glenn. But can we please get a meme of uh, Kevin Blake saying shocking impressive or a t-shirt with Kevin Blake's quote shocking I'm impressive put a picture please. of the Pentagon on it um, to finally wrap up with the juveniles and then I'm going to go and succinctly take your Sultan of Succinct title give it to Rory and wrap up the big handicaps in the weekend because there were two particularly valuable ones to talk about actually we need to talk about Mudikeyev as well but actress they told us she was good she's good how much of a nutter is Brother Bear that's three times in a row. He's now. definitely enough. Oh, he's nutcase. Yeah, that's three times in a row. Uh, it, he might not be a nutcase. There might just be something physically. I there. actually was going to say that to you. Is it? But we've seen this yeah, before yeah. with horses when they wander all over it's the track. Good, it turns out they actually good. have a physical issue. Yeah, he just feel, might could be just be feeling something small. But wouldn't they have spotted it by now? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Could, three runs later, could, could be a teeny tiny hairline fracture there somewhere that. That nobody will know about. Horses can't talk. They can't, yeah. they can, you know. And these things aren't always detectable. Um, but or maybe he's just got a kink in his brain. Mm. I don't know. But there's, anyway, there's def- against there's definitely it's three times now three. against his stable con- companion Alpha Centauri actress was well backed on on two occasions, but she has destroyed this field. Ah, in, look, in I, I I think this is, and I could be totally wrong because we see O'Brien horses progress and continue to improve all the time. But I I think this was happy birthday day for actress. Um, brother bears hung across the track is taking out Commander Grugio. Tia Ball is a lovely horse that wants two furlongs further. Um, and I think actress has just made the best of it and put up a fine performance on the day herself. She can only beat what's in front of her, but 
Clemmy in September is still well ahead of her. Yeah, I don't think she's achieved as much as some will give her credit for here. She did beat Clemmy at Royal Ascot. They finished the front of her, yeah. She's had had a fair bit more racing and that looked a good opportunity for her. Yeah, and she took it. Full advantage. Right, Rory, the big handicaps. Ballet Concerto has danced a few dances this season. One first time up with Ryan Moore on board. James Doyle, who's enjoying... He has got a 10-day ban to contend with a little bit later on, but he's been enjoying it. 15 of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah five referred, um, but has been enjoying a real fantastic season so far. And it got better with him in the 58th running of the John Smith's Cup. He gave Ballet Concerto a fantastic ride. UAE Prince travel into the race like a good thing to quote Vanessa Ryle but that gelding operation doesn't seem to have changed the fact that he's still just a little bit quirky um, what did you make of the John Smith's Cup? You wouldn't go mad about the form because Misty Rock is in there um, but Bally Concerto has, has obviously done well on the day I'd still be positive about UAE Prince he's had very very little experience in handicaps um, I thought he did um, I thought he did really well um, considering he was drawn in stall 20, which isn't necessarily a bad place to be at times at Doncaster. I, I, I hear people banging on about wide draws being bad draws. I thought it was going to um, be a good but, thing for him. But I think it, it's, it's, it's a tricky draw for a horse with as little, in, as little experience as him. That, that's, mm. um, I mean, I, again, I ruled the race up. I went for big country in the end and said I probably would have gone for UAE Prince with a Oh, you were unlucky. Draw. Yeah. But he's run very well to be second, but he's got... He's got solid form. He ran really well at, at Haydock in the old Newton Cup. Just didn't see it out that day. <coughs> Excuse me. Over a mile and a half after kicking for home with two furlongs to run. So the form is really solid, but not many of the of the major contenders are, are well ahead of their marks. So I'm not sure that um, uh, it will necessarily pay to follow many of them blind. But in saying that, I'd be positive about UAE Prince. Uh, Roger Varian's not banging in the winners at the moment. He had, I think he was one from... 15 or 16 in the last week um, and there were six of those favourites uh, so you know the, the, Rare Rhythm beat his odds on shot yeah he yeah. had odds on foot um, I thought that was good I really liked his performance when he won at Ripon on his reappearance because mm. he kept wide of the field he did plenty of racing um, and he was ridden as if he had plenty in hand a few people weren't impressed by that but I thought he did it really nicely he was then in a tough race next time in the Buckhound Sticks, over over a mile and a half at Ascot, enlisted company, straight out of, of winning an uncompetitive handicap. And I thought that was too much too soon for him, but he was right back on track there. There'll be more to come from, and he will stay a mile and a half in time. Yeah, I so agree. he's the one that I'd be positive about going forward. Okay, and I would completely agree with you and have him on my list of horses to take out of the race and add to the ATR tracker. Hopefully we'll land a big prize with them. He did cost £600,000 as a yearling. And, of course, as a gelding, we'll now not be getting that money back. The Bunbury Cup, briefly, Rory, above the rest, got the win for David Barron and Clifford Lee. Yeah, um, good ride from Clifford Lee. He was getting his 50th winner, wasn't he? Yeah. He was very, very very keen to tug his forelock after the race as well and and thank the trainer uh, in a week where there's a lot of discussion about uh, apprentices and how they're treated. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Um, well said. big, Big run from the second. I like the second an awful lot. I thought he was going to be a really good horse um, last season. Uh, and then he just, he didn't stay a mile when they tried him in the um, in the Racing Post Trophy. Um, and then he misfired a couple of times early in the year when David Ellsworth wasn't doing particularly well. That was much, much more like it. And he'll pick up a decent prize at some stage. Speaking of geldings with uh, UE Prince, Mudekeev, he had to be brave uh, to reel in Kaspersky. 
uh, at Ascot, but unfortunately he's now going to be out for the season. The good thing is he's he'll be back next season, but he's going to miss the rest of the campaign. Um, I, I like this performance. You know, he he was he won the race last season. He's obviously coming into it on the back of a fantastic run at Royal Ascot and the Queen Anne behind the mighty Ribchester. It's just a shame he's going to miss the rest of the campaign. Yeah, and you have to wonder about how good he's going to be when he comes back because yeah. it looks quite a nasty injury, um, ligament injury in the end, which is a a relief compared to what it could have been. Mm. But you're never sure if they're going to be absolutely as good as they were coming back from something like that. He was winning the summer mile for the second consecutive year showed a really good uh, turn of foot and a good attitude to, to reel in Kaspersky, who was well well ridden. Uh, and Kaspersky is probably one you can follow at the back end. Uh, Jane Chapelheim places her horses really well. He's clearly no better domestically than a Group 2 horse, um, but he looks very straightforward. Um, and Jane, she sniffs out opportunities for horses like him, and she can go globe trotting with him and win races overseas. And to be fair, he'd run well in the Queen Anne Stakes as well, so that form was being backed yeah. up. Mm. Um, I mentioned this because we're going to see Ripchester versus Churchill. Some people hate this phrase, but it always comes out almost every year: the duel on the dance. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> right, Churchill. Um, so he's been absolutely smashed in the betting. Uh, I presume an awful lot of this really? has to do with the fact that he's been smashed in the betting. Hmm. Uh, I presume a lot of this has to do with the fact that um, Barney Roy is going to be sticking to 10 furlongs and so is out. Um, he's been confirmed by Aidan O'Brien, who also made the shock announcement that Order of St. George will not go to Goodwood. Is that a uh, shock? It's been described by some as a shock. Hmm. It's all right, though. Don't worry. Don't worry about the fact that Order of St. George is not running because there's another star in the yard. Oh, there's another star in the yard oh, and he's God. coming for you, Big Orange. Oh, Here he comes. We know he stays. US Army Ranger, lads! Saddle up the donkeys! Oh, and run to the psychiatrist of your back and head. running in the Goodwood Sticks instead. <laughs> Saddle up a donkey. God, oh my, yeah, and go straight to the psychiatrist if you're thinking about back in US Army oh, Ranger. Jesus. And then he goes and bolts up at five lengths. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Type of horse that would do that just to take the make it. Just to really wreck your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, if you're getting beaten uh, over two miles and six furlongs in the Queen Alexandra at Royal Ascot. <sighs> right, uh, Churchill versus Ripchester, that'll be some clash. Yeah, can't wait. It's the race we've been calling for. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't expect... Uh, things to go the way they did last time for Churchill but it's great to see him get an opportunity to bounce back on the biggest stage I thought it was a bit harsh of Ripchester to go around saying point to the quitter point to the easy work <laughs> <laughs> hard work boo if you haven't been watching the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather press conferences which I'd imagine not many of the listeners have been watching I do have no idea what, what I watched all three for the crack there was four no there was one was there four yeah Toronto New York London and where else the first one was on in San Diego or something no, I didn't watch that yeah. one I watched the first three one, so. the first, first and last very good so, sorry the second one was the best but anyway we digress yeah the second one was the best um Oh yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be a betting race for me now. I'd love to see Churchill bounce back. Fence sitter. Um, oh, if Churchill, if look, if you could magically tell me that Churchill was going to be back to his best, I'd fancy him to do Ribchester. Is that because you think of first of all the weight allowance, or do you think just his ability would be superior to, to Ribchester's? Well, it's one of the same. You know, there's no scenario where he doesn't get the weight from Ribchester at this stage. Mm. 
Um, I think I think he beat him, but again, look, he's he's got he's bouncing back. I I wonder was the ground to blame in Asuka. It was a comment from Aidan O'Brien at that Goodwood press too, which I, I shocked, stunned, and appalled that. Rory, Tony, Vanessa, Kevin, D, and I were not invited to the press. I was invited. <sighs> what am I doing wrong? I'm, like, take, I'm taking the mic actually. I was going to freak out there completely. <laughs> not that I could make it, by the way, but still. I like to be invited to these things, um, these press launches. So Aiden didn't go, but he was on the phone. And uh, apparently he said something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of, it was a very hot day in Ireland. It was a very hot day at Ascot, and that might have had an, an effect on him. That's not good in the middle of summer at Goodwood. Well, if the ground was the issue, you wouldn't want it to be rattling at Goodwood because obviously you've got a fair amount of downhill. And uh, if you're a bit iffy on fast ground, you don't mm. want to be coming downhill on it. Yeah, and you know, those feet little it, undulations. You know, feet well. it twice as bad, but um, yeah, it's just it's going to it's going to be super interesting. I can't wait, but it's it's very much a spectators' race for me. Coolmore versus Godolphin. That's this is what we want to see: good competitive action between Coolmore and Godolphin. Yeah, it, thought, make, it makes the season. I thought Dana White's comments were a little bit. <laughs> 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 Sorry, should we say Michael Tabor's comments were a bit? Um, no, it'll be it'll be a cracker. This will be a really good race. I'm looking forward to this, um, and then we'll have winter. The NASA stakes confirmed. She definitely Again, runs a proper spectators race. Couldn't bet on it. She's seven to four. I so want her to, to, to be effective at ten, but I, I can't help but be skeptical. Put a gun to my head, I'm probably taking her on. You're gonna take on your beloved winter. I just don't know if she wants ten. You've lost your mind. But, but you did an 10. interview with Edna Bryan at the start of the season where he called her a middle distance horse. Yeah, she said she physically looks more like a middle distance filly than a miler. But, and this, like was, said, this was after her seasonal reappearance where, she, where she'd run yeah. a good race against Hydrangea. Yeah, you know, just, she just needs to settle. And to be fair, she has been settling better. She was, she's been settling that bit the, the better. The current Royal Ascot were better examples. Yeah, of but I'm just sceptical. I'm okay. just sceptical. But that's me. I'm a, I'm a cautious type of fellow with these things. Your highlights to look forward to for Goodwood as it's only a couple of weeks away, Mr. Roy Delargy. Indeed, indeed. Got to look forward to it. Yeah, you sound super enthusiastic about it. <laughs> what can I say? I'm really stoked. <laughs> wow. I can't. I'm not allowed to get myself excited. As well, you know. <laughs> because you're because you're currently <laughs> under the weather. Sick, All right. Sick bag, Delargy. Um, before we talk about minding, we had the passing of Tommy Carberry and Martin Maloney, uh, who was a, a former top jockey. Um, just two great men of the sport. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable reading the the story of Martin Maloney. Uh, obviously, everyone everyone at home would would uh, would know what a legend Martin is. But he was absolutely dominant as a jockey. And then you read um, about his career and realise that it finished when he was only twenty five or twenty six years old. Yeah. And he was, you know, multiple top class winner on the flat and over jumps. He had a um, a retainer to ride in the northwest of England for Lord Bister. Um, and still managed to be Irish champion jockey despite having to to get on a slow boat to England every week to ride horses. Um, he was um, something else, a bit of a dynasty there as well. And there's nothing that needs to be said about Tommy Carberry that we haven't heard before, really, is there? Yeah, only, only the only things we can say are that our sympathies go out to Thomas, Paul, Philip, Mark, Peter, John and daughter Nina. I mean, just when you think about that, that what everybody's achievements on the track, which were fantastic, the legacy he leaves behind 
in terms of his family and, and their influence on the National Hunt game and what they've gone on to achieve in horse racing is just, it's quite remarkable, really. It is. It is. It's an absolute dynasty, really. Um, and, you've, you, you know, it's not just one family involved either. You've got, you've got a tie-up between two of the, the most remarkable families in, in National Hunt history in Ireland. Yeah. Um, that and, and people of tremendous character um, all through that family and through the generations. Uh, two great horsemen and sadly missed. News of a completely different light. You wanted to talk about this earlier on, Kevin, and that's the retirement of Minding, who was a seven-time Group 1 winner for Aidan O'Brien. Many people are calling her the greatest filly he ever trained, um, which when you look at her glittering career and you look at how impressive she was, it's kind of hard to argue with. She really only had the one disappointing day last year, and that was that surprise defeat in the Irish 1000 Guineas to jet setting. But she put that right afterwards. She was brilliant in the Oaks, probably got more out of trouble that day. And she was even more impressive, I thought, in the QE2. And it was interesting to hear Richard Fahey being kind of quietly confident about taking her on again with Ripchester later this season. Unfortunately, we won't get that prospect. I was really looking forward to the prospect of her running in the in the arc. But like her stable companion found, who's going to be interestingly covered by Warfront, uh, she will retire to the paddocks. And um, it's somewhat ironic that Anna, who is currently injured and we hope is all right, was was tweeting a picture of her being taken out of Ballydoyle and heading off to Coolmore and wishing her all the best. Yeah, look, I think when you make statements such as that, that she might be, you know, the best filly that Aidan O'Brien's ever changed, trained, even. The, the rate- I'm sure he changed her too, but that's a, that would be a different story. <laughs> the, the the ratings gurus will scuttle out of their parents' basements. Uh, the, yes. I think you'll find that yesterday was quite a good filly, actually. So somewhat slowly, the, the sunlight does be, you know, catching... Found one an arc, you know! <laughs> the, the sunlight does be... They're not used to the old sunlight, but they, when they come cause <laughs> when they come scuttling out, um, they tend to, you know, oh, well, actually, this, blah, 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 blah. But for me, um, like, minding was just so versatile. That makes her unusual. You know, mm. I, I when you're talking about the greatest, when you're having that argument, I don't really... You know, ratings, of course, come into it, but I'm looking at the bigger picture, longevity, versatility... Um, and everything else, overcoming adversity and uh, she clicks a lot of those boxes now she was a fantastic filly she did it over a mile mile and a quarter mile and a half you know all as a three year old all at the end of a, a pretty a taxing enough two year old campaign as well um, uh, she was just smashing I was really looking forward to seeing her dominating the, the 10 furlong and maybe even 12 furlong scene this season her comeback was very good and that's it, unfortunately. That's yeah. racing. No more we'll see of, of her on the race course, but what a fabulous what a fabulous filly she was. Enjoyed her greatly and look forward to seeing her progeny in about four years' time. It's a huge blow to Edna Brown as well because you were talking a few months back about the potential for Edna Brown to break Bobby Frankel's record. But this is another one now that's been taken out of the yard, which lessens his chance of doing something. He's on 11 already. I think this time last year he was on six. So he's broken £4.5 million worth of prize money already this season. So it's not like he's having a bad season. But if he is going to break that record, then the likes of Churchill, Winter, Order, St. George, they all need to step up. Yeah, he's just had bad luck with, the, with a couple of the big guns that you would have been banking on winning a few hmm. apiece, you know. So just my, they're headed up by mining, obviously. But look, there you go. There you go. Um, it's just it's just a pity now. I was really looking forward to seeing her, but uh, there you go. Roy, did I argue anything else you want to mention from the weekend? No, I was un- unconscious for most of it, so <laughs> I'm, rem- I'm 
amazed I remember so much. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully you'll be feeling better. Have you ever watched Game of Thrones, Rory? (laughs) No, I've not watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I've seen, um, I've seen clips that you can't avoid on the telly. This is how. Have you got any spoilers for this week's show? Zero. Me. No, 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 no! You don't watch it, Kevin. No, don't say a word. No. Yeah, no, I'm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it to you. And by the time this podcast is out, you will have seen it. I imagine so. Nobody can give you a spoiler. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, the last couple of nights, I watched the last couple of episodes of the previous season. That's what I did. You just know to know. get back up to date. Yeah, which which generated. I can't believe Sean Bean's dead though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that never happens in a film or TV show that Sean Bean's in. He never gets killed off. There's actually there's a, there's a Sean Bean death reel on YouTube. Oh, Excellent stuff. It's, it's, the wife absolutely loves Sean Bean. Oh, he's a class act. I haven't watched the uh, the Jimmy McGovern series Broken yet, but it's meant to be brilliant on the BBC, and I'll give it a watch. Yes, yeah, so I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, and again, he's in that, and he's just meant to be superb. But Game of Thrones, <laughs> we can't talk about it because Kevin hasn't seen it, and I don't want to ruin it on him, but. And most of the listeners have zero interest, probably. Well, popular show. I, I suspect that. Be quite, surprised. Well, yeah. Lydia's never watched it, and when I told her that, well, you've got sixty hours of amazing television in front of you, she nearly fainted. You want to pull the final four long listeners? How saying, many? Which Which do you prefer, flat racing or Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good show. Actually, do you know what? Let's do that. I think we should specify what do you prefer, the 2017 flat season or Game of Thrones? No, no, just flat racing. Flat no, racing. Just flat racing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because we have had a number of, there was there was a number of tweets saying it's never too early to talk about Cheltenham. Price it up, Rory. Wow. What do you reckon, Rory? Will we get more for Game of Thrones or for the flat? I think you'll get slightly more of the flat, but I'm going 56-44. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it we're done uh, we're back next week with another yeah. podcast uh, thank you so much for tuning in I hope you enjoyed it uh, we're going to be previewing the King George next week here's a spoiler alert Highland Real wins <laughs> he's, he's collapsed in price since we last spoke oh, stop unless John Gosden to give him his proper title uh, decides to drop in a nail which I doubt he will then he wins basically doesn't he I'd like to so. Yeah, you'll get it done. Anyway, we'll preview it next week and the surrounding cards. We've got a second podcast next week, don't we? And we have a second podcast as well. And that podcast, Kevin Blake, will be... Galway and Goodwood. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say Galway, which is... Diseases of the cardiovascular system with Roy Zanarki. Welcome along to the Flat Racing Special... We're going to be talking about the bloodstock industry, where we'll talk about whether or not that Dane Hill bit ever really happened in Goomore <laughs> and Calabella. We're also going to talk about incest in the National Hunt and Flat Game. Is it something that we should be doing more of? And we'll chat about Rory's latest ailments. Today in the Jeremy Kyle Show, my grandfather shagged my grandmother. <laughs> Producer D is her head in her hands as the show has... Descended into absolute it's farce towards every, the end. Kind of, it, it normally stays nice and structured when it's just you know me, you, and Rory, but it's gone everywhere. Asha, Rory's on. Rory's on so much cough medicine, you wouldn't know what he's thinking. Uh, <laughs> right, that's it. We're done. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, you can give us a what on Apple Podcasts, Kevin Blake. Five star review, please. 
which would be much obliged. You can also like us on Facebook at Final Furlong Podcast. Wait, it's not at Final Furlong Podcast, it's just the Final Furlong Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, and if you already have given us one, you know what to do, kids. Go out, steal phones, borrow phones, do whatever you need to do to get hold of a phone and give give them back afterwards. <laughs> I, I, or keep them, sell them on eBay. I really don't mind. Just give us the other review. <laughs> and for those of you who are waiting for Vanessa Raz to innuendo, for those of you who've given us one, was the quote from Kevin Blake. You're such a child. Good man. Child, child. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's grand for Vanessa to do it, but not for you. <laughs> All right. At Final Furlong Pod on Twitter, uh, we are back next week. My thanks to the Matchbook Betting Podcast, Roy Dodargy. Good night. To At The Races Fund, yeah. to Kevin Blake. Good luck. Producer D, who's in the second room. And from me, Emmett Kennedy. We'll chat to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.